0: Welcome to This Witch Reads, a podcast about a witch's journey to learn about magic and tending to the soul through books. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you what I'm reading, what I'm learning from it, and how it influenced my magical practice. Maybe you'll discover the book I'm reading must find a home on your bookshelf too, or you might realize that some of the ways my magic is changing is how you'd like your magical ways to grow and change too. Whether the book I'm reading is found at my local bookstore, in the forgotten corner of my own bookshelf, or recovered from an ancient source, I hope to learn more about my magical path through the written word, and I invite you to join me. My name is Dana Dupont, and I'm an art witch, a moon witch, a word witch, if there is such a thing, and the host of This Witch Read. episode, I want to share with you the magical journey Cindy Brennan's book, Entering Hecate's Cave, The Journey Through Darkness to Wholeness, took me on. I'm going to share with you why I chose this book to be my first book in the podcast, what I loved about the book, what I struggled with, how it influenced my magical practice, some of my favorite quotes, and finally, the magical words or phrases that made me swoon. By the way, let's always carve time out of our busy lives to swoon over words, okay? The reason why I swooned over a few words was because Cindy also shares some beautiful names for the Dark Queen. I couldn't help but collect and list off a few for you so you could listen to them and get carried away by the magic of those names like I did. So you can look forward to that
1: as well. Let's start with why I
0: chose this book to be the first book of my new podcast. One of the reasons is because I started this podcast in the darkness of the new moon. And the title felt like a journey. I hope all the books I read for this podcast take me on understanding the magic of the dark. As Cindy explains in her book, the darkness is the unconscious and the mystery. It's where we greet our spirit allies. It's where we purge our traumas and make space for new things to grow. It's where we weave pieces of ourselves back together again and understand the depths of our soul. It's where creation takes root. It's what existed before time. It's the womb of the great mother. Most of all, it's where magic and healing are found. And that's where I want
1: all the other books I read in this podcast to lead us toward. So what a fantastic place to start in Hecate's cave. One of the things that really stood out for me while reading Cindy's book was how intimate
0: Cindy's relationship with the goddess is. Reading her descriptions of Hecate felt like listening to a friend talk about someone they love and admire, someone who teaches them so much, someone who helped them find themselves. Cindy draws from a lot of research, mythology, and psychological theories and practices in her book, but mostly her relationship to Hecate felt deeply personal and heartfelt to me. It was sweet and powerful, and at times even transcendent, but ultimately it helped me feel more deeply connected to Hecate as a guide on my own darkness. What I also loved about the book was the poetic writing, the reference to ancient myths and the suggested exercises and practices. The poem Cindy shared helped drop me into liminal space and made me feel like I was calling the dark mother into my living room. This whole experience reading the book actually felt like an opening or an invitation. I wasn't just reading. Cindy's words weaved magic into my life. I guess that's what happens when you open a door. That which is on the other side can finally come in. This book is the door, and if you pick it up and read it too, just know that on the other side is Hecate, and you'll be welcoming in all the magic of that dark goddess. I'd like to take a moment here to give you a taste of what I mean. In her book, Cindy shares the various titles and descriptive phrases that were used in ancient texts to describe Hecate and other dark goddesses. She also uses her own lyrical descriptions in the poems she peppered throughout her whole book. Just reading those names repeatedly was a magic all on its own. I want to share some of them with you here so you can enjoy them with me
1: and notice what they evoke within you. Dark Mother, she who is the spirit of the sacred feminine that calls us to embark on the journey of the soul. Anima Mundi, soul of the world, spinner of fate, she who illuminates the darkness. Ancient Stone Mother with snakes for hair. Daughter, crone, Wild goddess, the divine one who guards the gates of the journey inward, soul of the cosmos, chain breaker, earth shaker, the sacred fire that burns deep inside us, beast slayer, goddess of night, mother of all, benevolent queen who turns the seasons, she who stands on the rose, she who awakens our inner dragon, lunar queen, earth goddess, eater of filth, lightning striker, goddess of bones, mother of the cave, maker of mountains, mother of the mother. See, those names transported you there for a moment, didn't they? And those are just some of the names
0: and faces of Hecate that Cindy shares. I hope to do with this podcast is deepen my magical practice. As a solitary witch, I don't congregate with a lot of other worshipers every week. I don't sit at a pew and learn from someone standing at a pulpit. At this point in my journey, deepening my faith and my practice happens from following witches I love. There are more ways um, to deepen my spirituality, of course, because of the point of recovering I'm on, though, in my health journey. The ways I'm doing them right now are just the ones that are gentlest for me to grow and heal. And right now, that can be found in books. Cindy's book helped me embrace the complexity inherent within myself and the goddess and the deities I prayed to. That was really refreshing. It's actually one of my favorite things about being a witch. There's such a reverence for the many aspects of life, including death and destruction. My faith doesn't have to be rainbows and sugar. It can be bones and
1: sticks
0: and oozing wounds and painful memories too. We are all things. We are light and dark. We are creativity and we are destruction. We are beautiful and ugly. I don't have to see myself or anyone else as good. I can see the mess we are and not feel guilty or shameful about it. But instead, just face it with an honest gaze that is strong enough and hopefully mature enough to keep looking.
1: Even on a subconscious level, just reading all the names Cindy shares of Hecate and the goddess deepened that truth for me. There's an invitation for transformation and healing that
0: I struggled with, though, while reading Cindy's book, not because I disagree with it. I struggled with it because I haven't been able to live that way yet. On page 52, Cindy shares Zen Buddhist Roshi Joan Halifax's quote about having a soft front and a strong back. The quote explains, and Cindy goes on to explain how instead of having a strong back, many of us have a defended front shielding a weak spine. Reading this was a little like someone slapping me on the cheek. It jarred something awake. I relate so much to that description. In some relationships, I'm heavily shielded that you'd think I was preparing to fight a dragon, and my spine has been anything but strong in so many of my relationships. My trauma response had me freezing or collapsing whenever conflict showed up. I couldn't set boundaries or speak up or disagree. Instead, I shrunk and rolled up inside myself like an armadillo. I still have so much work, inner work to do here. Cindy further described how being too shielded prevents us from being open to believing in ourselves. Like, I really had never thought of it that way, but I can see how very true that is. When I shield myself or shrink on some level, I think of myself as weak, small, meek. I'm not in my power my wisdom, or my strength. Living with a soft front and a strong back feels mature and wise. I feel like I'll be coming back to that description again and again as I learn how to put down my guards, open my heart, and stand strong in relationships. Cindy shares a lot of magical practices in her book as I'm sure will be the case for you if you read the book too. Some of them I wanted to take my time with, and others I just wanted to read through. The ones that stuck were pulling two tarot cards in the morning. I've had a morning divination practice on and off for years, but I like the simplicity of the one Cindy shares on page 60. The way I do it is a little different than she suggested, but only slightly. I pull one card to see what I need to see about the day ahead, and another card to show me what I need to avoid. I also started painting altars in my art journal, because on page 17, Cindy described how altars of Hecate were often built on a tray. And in my mind, I thought, it's better than a tray in your magical art practice, Dana. Well, yeah, your art journal. So yeah, now I'm in love with painting altars in my art journal, and I even included my process in one of my online classes. On page 19, Cindy describes the sacred fire and the symbolism of candles, which inspired me to start painting lighted candles with flickering wicks in my art journal. Now every time I want to pray for myself or someone I love, I paint a candle. This reminds me of the way my grandmother lit a candle every time she prayed and the way she and her daughters, which is my mother and her nine sisters, would light candles when someone needed help. My mother also taught me to light a candle every time I sit and talk with my angels as if lighting the candle was like letting them know I wanted them to be near. Reading Cindy's description of her candle rituals inspired me to carry on my family's tradition of candle magic in my own way which of course involves paint and paper because that's where my magic tends to live on the pages of my art journal. So yeah, now painting candles while I pray is a thing. And I'm even taking requests on my social media feeds, which has been so amazing and so beautiful to be able to paint candles for other people. I'm also going to include some new sacred symbols in my moon art rituals that are inspired by Cindy's book, including painting a cave when I want to represent my inner temple or the sacred dark or the place I go to to return to the goddess. According to Cindy, it also represents a mystical place for communing with spirit and the journey we take as we descend into the darkness to
1: find the light of the truth and to reunite with ourselves. I'll also draw paint or collage some keys into my moon art rituals now, when I
0: want to represent unlocking the mysteries of the dark goddess and holding the knowledge of all things. I'm actually excited about painting more crossroads, because the symbolism of them as a spiritual portal, as Cindy describes, feels really powerful. You'll definitely see me painting more serpents as well. The serpent symbolism in Cindy's book is rich and multi-layered and it's worth reading the book just for that. I like the way she describes serpents as the soul opening its eyes and the way it invites the many false ways of seeing ourselves die. Another symbol she describes in the book that I feel deeply drawn to is the Aurora Boros. I really don't know how to pronounce that. Um, and I often get pronunciations incorrect. So that might not be how to say it, but what it is is it's the image of a serpent eating its own tail and it symbolizes the infinite and the inter eternal. And it teaches us that all life is circular. Cindy explains how coins with this image were used as a manifestation tool, and I love the idea of drawing those kind of coins in my art journal. Finally, I want to draw more geese now in my moon art rituals, because Cindy's explanation of how it symbolizes the wild soul is enticing. And I'm Canadian, so I watch geese fly overhead every spring and fall. And they're my favorite bird to watch swimming in the ponds I see in the prairie fields.
1: Personally, I think one of the most enjoyable ways to get a feel for a book is to savor some
0: of its more delicious or meaningful phrases. So I thought I'd collect a little of them for you. Here's a little collection of
1: my favorite quotes from Cindy Brennan's book, Entering Hecate's Cave. Spiritual rituals are beautiful ways to step into the deeper world. My body is the temple, my mind is the altar, and my soul the shrine upon it. My life is the ritual, I am sacred ground. It is expected that we fear the dark when we buried so much in there. Embracing our sacred wildness means accepting uncertainty. Transformation is hard, but it's the kind of hard that is worth it. Let your younger self know that it is held and heard, allowing it to take up space it was long ago denied. Give it a seat on your inner council and Listen to it. The triple goddess takes up all the space she wishes. The road always knows where it's going, even though we pilgrims who travel it may not. The shadow harbors experiences and emotions and feelings that long for us to pull them out from the darkness and illuminate them so they can grow to their fullness. She who is the true me emerges, taking the hand of my shadow self. And then, of course, I had to collect a few quotes about the moon because me and the moon We're like besties. Washed in the truth of moon essence, born anew. The moon adorns me, casting about my being a robe of pure light and the darkest night. The moon has always been my companion, the one to whom I reveal all my secrets. When nobody else was there, the moon listened to my troubles and offered me solace. If you want to see the pages that those quotes come from, you can visit my blog and check out those references. As a writer and an artist and a lover
0: of beauty, I just also have to share with you the words and phrases in entering Hecate's cave that made me swoon. This book was obviously written by a poet. So sometimes when I'm reading, I just have to stop and celebrate how fantastic or magical a pairing of
1: words are. My favorite in this book were. Reside in the Temple of Good Enough. Journey Inward. Roses of Fire serpent goddess, throne of bones, cauldron of rebirth, a robe of pure light, lunar quest. Can I sign up for one of those, please? And my absolute favorite, dine on darkness.
0: Well, that was my journey with Sandy Brennan's book, Entering Hecate's Cave.
1: I hope you enjoyed that little journey. And if you end up reading it, let me know. Send me,
0: drop me an email and share your thoughts
1: or your experience with the book.
0: I'd love to hear it. If you'd like to get the show notes and links I share on this episode, head to danadupont.com forward slash podcast. That's D-A-N-A-D-A-P-O-N-T-E dot com forward slash podcast. If you know a witch who'd love this episode, please share it with them so they can be inspired by the books we read here too. Witches who read together, get free together. Also, so you don't miss the next episode, make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. If you like what you hear, leave a review on your podcast app. It helps me grow and improves accessibility to other listeners. Plus, my heart does a little happy loop de loop when I receive a little support and love. We all need a little more love in our lives.